But what they don't realize is behind the scenes, we're diffusing conflict between creators. So we got really, really good writers, really good director, you know, yeah. really good creators in the background. And we're diffusing that with data. So every single time we hit an impasse, we say, well, we're going to test that yep. because the two of you can't agree. In this episode, we're talking with marketing genius, Jeffrey Harmon. Jeffrey got his first taste at marketing at the age of 12 when he decided to sell potatoes in another state to pay for private school he wanted to attend. Since then, he's disrupted the ad industry when he co-founded AuraBrush and made online video ads. He then co-founded the Harmon Brothers, marketing agencies behind viral campaigns like Squatty Potty, Purple Mattress, Fiberfix, Chatbooks, ClickFunnels, and so much more. This is Creative Disruption, the intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's your hosts, Ricky Ray Butler and Daryl Eves. Welcome back to the Creative Disruption Podcast, where we talk about everything that's disrupting the industry and the people that are making ripples in the community. And I'm joined by my friend, Ricky Ray Butler. How are you doing, hey, Ricky? doing great. Are we, are we no, still friends? No, that intro is getting better and better. <laughs> I, no, congrats. Here. Okay. Like, we can, you know, yeah, there I, we go. I'm, very, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> You've really improved. I'm glad, I've, you, know, I'm glad well, that you follow my direction. You, let me just tell you two things. Number one. <laughs> We just spent way too much time together. Like seriously, yeah. we spent way too much time together. I, I think we need a little break. You know, I concur. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, I love you, brother. Okay, so so here's the thing. Um, I, I I watched a, a new trailer for a movie that's coming out, and mm. I'm like, oh, this is so good. And they're like, you can buy your tickets now. And I went to buy my <laughs> tickets, and it was sold out. I'm like, how? I mean, it was not even 20 seconds. He told me what trailer it was. It was this new Star Wars trailer that was going oh, on. Oh, right, right. I like some of the you know the brilliant marketing that actually happens with that. I, I they get that anticipation in the cell sure. and so on. Um, like like from this, like from a from a consumer's perspective and also mm. from a business perspective, like have you seen a lot of shift with data um, when when companies know certain data? And what I want to kind of banter on, and I want to mm. lead it into a discussion with the guests sure. that we have here today. But have you ever seen the videos that? Every Star Wars trailer is the same. No, it is like it is like off the charts. Like they they will literally take it frame by frame, second yeah. by second, and it's the same type. of, Okay, here's the emotion. Here's the explosion, and it, it, it's like identical down to the thing. It's like the the uh, trailer from Star Wars is pretty much the same thing every single time. No, I I bet they got better and better at that because of YouTube and being able to see all the live data and how people react and see when people drop off and like when they stay on. Um, that doesn't surprise me that they they figured out how to make a science behind it. Yeah, like, yeah. They they probably have a model where they 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 know exactly what needs to happen with that trailer. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Like, I I am a Star Wars geek and a half. Like, I ever since um, I went as an eight year old boy to watch Empire Strikes Back with my uncles, I'm like, mm -hmm. I was like one hundred percent adopted into the oh, you're giving to that, age. Nerd, that nerd <laughs> culture. No, it's it's all right. I'm an old, I'm an old guy. But like the whole thing was is like I love the storytelling of mm -hmm. Empire. It was just off the charts. But what what I thought at this time, and it's really kind of uh, ironic, um, is you know Star Wars is actually disrupting the film industry, like mm -hmm. the, the actual model. And then two, there was a component that actually uh, disrupted uh, Hollywood even more, which was merchandising. Sure. Uh, you know George Lucas didn't have as much control over Empire Strikes Back, and that's mm -hmm. probably one of the reasons why it's so good. Yeah. It's like he, he had to take a step back because the Directors Guild actually his um, creativity I would take the best of them. I think I, I, I think so too. But but it was he was more focusing in on the business and the merchandising because they were just killing it, and they mm -hmm. they didn't have the distribution rights and stuff for Star Wars and so they wanted to make sure everything was set 
with this, but it's like unbelievable. Well, this is my question for you specifically, like with Star Wars. You know, you mentioned that you know you saw the trailer. You went to go buy tickets, and it was sold out. I I, I bought tickets. I bought you, tickets. You're buying tickets. I bought all the tickets. I bought ten tickets. Okay. I bought every row. If I could buy the whole theater, I would have done it just so yeah. I could watch it in peace. So, so they didn't sell out. You got there just in time. Um, I got there was the one that I wanted to at seven a.m. or yeah. seven p.m. that that sold out. Okay. And so, okay. but I was able to get so, it. So this is this is my question. And, you know, we've seen this with, you know, um, games that have launched this last year where they just, like, launched out of nowhere. They had a trailer. And you go get the game. Yeah, immediately. There's, there's no driving excitement and momentum over time. I wonder with Disney Plus if that's what's going to eventually happen with Star Wars. I Here's this dope trailer. <laughs> check it out. Oh, it's streaming Look. now on Disney Plus. No, it was unannounced, and it just happens right yeah. then and there. Here's, here's the thing. Is, Plus, is, there, is there more don't, money? Don't, don't is, get me going on OTT services and stuff like that. Sure. It just me but, 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 this is my question. No. Is there more money in driving ticket sales at Cinemark or immediately getting all that traffic, owning that traffic on Disney Plus. Look, I poo-pooed Disney Plus forever. You did? Why? I did. Well, because it's like I didn't want to pay it's, for it. It's going to dominate. I, I, no, listen. I didn't want to pay for another thing. Mm -hmm. I got sick of it. You know what I'm sure. saying? And then the freaking Mandalorian trailer came out. I'm like, okay, I got Disney Plus, man. I, <laughs> I, I'm going all three years. And it's not that I want to get have Disney give me. I want to give Disney my money. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing was it was ready to go. And I like I wanted to consume it. Like right now. I'm I'm considering doing uh, CBS All Access. That's another service which is driving me batty because of Picard. Like I'm a Star Trek, Star Wars fan, and I'm oh, like, oh, it's not the Bachelor a... and Bachelorette. No, that's or you. Love Island. No, no, that's that's <laughs> you. That's I know, I know what you watch on your off time. And anyone <laughs> wants to know, I can guarantee you, hey, I've seen. No, hey, no, 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 I like the I, raunchy stuff. I've seen his. <laughs> I've seen his history. You I don't know if it's mine or if it's my family's. Like, back off. No, it's it's your alone time with your wife. You're like, hey, let's watch the Bachelor. <laughs> but anyway, no, I. Like the, the thing about it, and this is what I do love, it's like I think content right now is it, like how Star Wars disrupted the movie industry before mm -hmm. and how it necessarily set precedent for things that are happening now as the standard norm. Uh, I think it's kind of ironic that the people that were disrupting it are now becoming the old rigid people that don't want to change with a new, a new tide, you know? And um, I'm really excited for today's guest because you and I. Know him really well. Yes. I, I never I never slept in the same room as him like for more than one night. You know, <laughs> I, th I think we were roommates for a couple of years. I back in the college days, roommate, right? Yeah, no, he actually also introduced me to my wife. What? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, so, wait, 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 wait. This is the one where you're like, hey, I need a hot Latina. Is that what it was? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Well, anyways, um, I'll, I'll I'll tell Das that. But um, <laughs> so so who we have today is a serial entrepreneur. Um, he's also one of the most innovative pioneers when it comes to video marketing. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, he's been called this. I've been called this before, but it's from a, you know, a really small publication. He's been called this from major publications, um, the, the next Don Draper. 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 Or the, the non-alcoholic Dra Donald Draper. Draper. <laughs> I don't beat women, Don Draper. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't get that reference, that's from Mad Men, you know, a genius you know, um, advertising executive. Um, so we have Jeff Harmon. Um, he's the, the co-founder of Aura Brush. Harbin Brothers and um, VidAngel, and yeah. he also has done a lot of campaigns where he's made clients um, that was through through tractable you know links and tractable analytics um, over hundreds of millions of dollars. It's crazy, and and, and um, where he's like made several startup companies become super brands really quickly. And so Jeff, thank you so much, you know, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for. Did I miss me. anything in the intro because you have you have a lot of things I need. It's to complex. Out. I think I think you boiled it down well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, so what what do you think about our little back and forth? 
It's good. With the the banter. We yeah. Banter. yeah. I, know, we, we, I know for me, like I've got little kids. I've got mm-hmm. four girls under the age of seven, seven and under. And there's no question that as long as Disney Plus has the old classics, it, which you, you know, it, it's, I don't, it's a done deal. I don't, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a done deal. Well, like, yeah. Seinfeld's more popular today than ever before. Um, that, that's probably yeah. happening across the board with a lot of different content that, you know, has preexisted. Well, I, I thought once Disney bought Fox, I'm like, okay, game freaking over. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, the, the library of Fox of what they have yeah. and what they can pull away from Netflix is very interesting. Well, and they're, they're able to do something, I think, that um, Netflix has been unable to do or unwilling to do, which is separate out two platforms. They're leaving Hulu, Hulu. Yeah. They own Hulu now. Yeah. But Do they they're outright. Well, I mean, they control it. Okay. Yeah, they control it. Yeah, yeah. If you control it, you can change. Hulu. That's what happened as a result of acquiring Fox, I believe. Yeah, got it. And so they control Hulu, but they're still making a separate platform for Disney Plus and not combining the two. And Netflix is a, has a major problem for me as a family man in my family, and the, it's just too. It's too mixed. There. It's too mixed, and the kids' channels are not great you know like they've just never really it's like oh here's a token kids app off on the side (laughs) and 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 disney is clearly trying to solve that problem and in response netflix i mean they just like a couple weeks ago launched or maybe it was a month ago launched uh, pin passwords to make it so your kids can't just switch over to the adult adult channel yeah yeah that's like really easy and then they can create account they finally did it after how many years how many years did it take for them to put a a pin just Mm. like so netflix has not been serious about family content and focusing on families like right. so, Disney's got a really good I, opportunity. Here. I, I think it's there now. We, we brought up the the whole case study of the trailer and how it's really systematic mm-hmm. in the data for Star Wars. Well, I I wonder when you say it sold out so fast. Yeah. It's it's very easy for if you're working closely with theaters because we've done some theatrical mm-hmm. stuff in my work, and um, it's very easy to say, hey even though we're going to be in 10,000 theaters or 8,000 or whatever number right. they have, we're just going to start out with two. Yeah. And then we're going to launch it and it's going to sell out and everybody's going to freak out. And then we'll yeah. just like immediately up it and up well, it. So, this was, so it's constantly sold out. And we do this. I mean, we, this, we do this, this was, all the time. Like I was buying it in Hawaii. Like I'm spending some time in Hawaii and I'm like this, mm-hmm. that's when it comes out is when I'm spending some time in Hawaii and I'm like, okay, where's the best theater? So I call Richie Norton a friend of ours. And I'm like, okay, where do I go? He says, go to this place. I went there. That, it took a little bit longer from the trailer. So it took me another 20 minutes to get to it. And that's when it was sold out. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but yeah. I, I think that- but I, I, think, I wouldn't be surprised if they're actually suppressing supply. It could it could and be. Then, and then introducing more supply so it keeps the frenzy moving. I don't, I don't know this. It, it could be. All I know I just was know it's when possible I bought my that. tickets- um, you can select your, your seats cause it's one of those really nice ones that you recline and they can do whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like, like it was bad. I, I think I am in the nosebleed, you know, portion, at least yeah. I'm not like way up front, you know, that's really bad to me, <laughs> way up front. But, um, did you ever see that? Like the, the systematic way that they're cut, uh, cutting the trailers for star Wars. Like it's just literally oh, yeah. a formula. Totally. It's a formula. Well, I mean, I, I think one of my complaints as a star Wars fan is that Disney is trying to, in some ways, trying to turn Star Wars into Marvel. Right. Marvel is right. 100% formulaic. It's just like yeah. formula, formula, to the point that after a while, without that switching mark. up directors, that it's like you could tell the writing was like, oh, same formula, same formula. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm familiar with this because in our but ads, it's, but for it's the, not cinema though. Come on, that's what Martin Scorsese said. It's yeah. not cinema. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean it works. 
No, and, like and it's if, if crowds, it, if it pays people. the actors and the people that do it and the people that invested in it, like mm-hmm. yeah. Well, if you we have a discussion <laughs> at CES with with Matt Pat where he said that there's like an algorithm um, that that these studios are using. Oh yeah. To predict, you know, what, how well which, it's gonna how well it's gonna you know be how successful it's going to be I mean, the, the, the trailer specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's crazy. And the reason why I brought that up and the reason why I wanted it to banter is number one, I'm a Star Wars fan, but number two. Um, they, just to give context to everybody who's watching this podcast, the first I've worked with Jeffrey on several projects, and so I know him quite well. We yell at each other quite a bit, and I yell yeah, at you too. I don't know no, why that hey, is. Hey, just, yeah. Jeff and I yelled at each other last week. <laughs> just, in a just public setting. I was like, Jeff, calm oh, down. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, it, was, but, it was public, wasn't it? Yes. But, but anyway, <laughs> semi-public. But, but we still like each You're other. You're anonymous yeah. if nobody we knows like who you other, are. Even though that we yell at each other. So it's, uh, we, we have this, this, this bond, but... When I got introduced to Jeffrey, um, like I knew that that he was one of the smartest people in the space, and I wanted to learn from him. And we had an opportunity to work together on a project that led to working on the Squatty Potty Pooping Unicorn. So Jeffrey and I were both executive producers on it. Um, what I come to know, and this is kind of my love-hate relationship with Jeffrey Harmon. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But like, he... He's a data-driven guy, and he mm. will split test everything. If he ties his shoe in the morning, guess what he's going to do? He's going to split oh, test no. to see which Not way is the fastest way to tie his shoe. <laughs> no, but the, the thing about it, though, is I've come to appreciate how much better the conversions really are. Because that campaign mm. is still, like, four years later, it's still converting because it converts. All you got to do is scale it. And it's scaling mm-hmm. it. It's just kind of going from there. That's um, what's, what's your process? Like, how, how did you get involved of saying, okay, I'm only doing data-driven decisions when I'm making a, a decision for business? Um, good question. I mean, it just, I think it came out of competition. So when, we, when I first entered the YouTube space, um, it was in 2000. 2009 period and Ricky and I were roommates Yep, and we went, I, I was a co-founder of a company called Aura Brush. Yeah. It was a tongue cleaner that helps cure bad breath and <clears throat> really non-sexy product that we blew up using YouTube as the first company. And, and that campaign is still ranked in the top 10 YouTube ads of all time. If right. you go look at different rankings and, um, but I, we kind of like, we were the very, very first people into YouTube. As soon as the ads came out, they said, oh, you can now advertise on YouTube. I jumped in and started playing with it and realized, oh, we can buy clicks for like less than a penny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, huh, we better make something for this. This is a good deal. <laughs> this yeah. is like a good deal. This is a good deal. And we were able to figure out pretty quickly how to convert at that price, which anybody should be able to convert if you're buying clicks at that price. Well, um, it was like a couple weeks after we launched our campaign for Aura Brush, where we have the uh, Austin Craig yeah. um, doing this like bad breath campaign, and and he and we've YouTube announces in the press they're like, oh, our our advertising revenues for our new system just went up by something percent, and I was like, oh, it's because I'm buying up all the inventory. I think <laughs> <laughs> I learned later from an employee that they capped. They're like, we can't have any one company buy more than X percent of our inventory. That is so funny. <laughs> or else a, yeah. they, See, they wouldn't admit that, that to us at the time because it capped out. We were like, well, we're scaling, scaling, scaling. And suddenly we just stop and we're flat. And we called YouTube and we're like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, nothing. Nothing's we, we, going we can't, on. We can't and then anything. like, it was like six years <laughs> later, somebody who worked there came up to me and was like, I didn't, couldn't tell you this before, but yeah, we totally capped it. <laughs> so so we, we built that and then we went and sponsored VidCon. The which you were the first, this you were the is the first, first sponsor. Yeah, yeah, very first yeah. sponsor is a tongue cleaner for VidCon, which is very, 
appropriate, I guess. And then now um, Ricky was in the tongue, right? Ricky, he was walking around. No, no. <laughs> no Ricky. Ricky <laughs> I was, was out there networking. <laughs> Ricky was starting his company up, yeah. Plaid, which is yep. now Ben. Yep. And and um, we he he wanted to come to VidCon, and I was like, well, we have extra tickets, and Ricky got one. And I okay, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's explain startup. No, wait, no, how, this, how startup we startups had no money, and we Ricky had, had no one money. room, and we had eight people. Okay. Sharing that room, there well, was like one four little, of us. One little floor. Right? Well, no, no room. Yeah, the well, two we had twin beds. Two we had like people four people on the ground, and then two people were sharing. Oh, you're talking bed. about at VidCon. At yeah. VidCon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We bought we bought a single hotel <laughs> we, we room. We strapped it. Okay, and, so, and we, we were all like it. laying but on it the floor. Doesn't surprise me that you got a free ticket out of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? Did you? What are you trying to say? If I remember right, I was representing my brand, my client. So I went to I went to a neighbor and rented a 15 passenger van, and we all went down. to I think you flew back though. Yeah, yeah, because wait, wait, he, he didn't buy a ticket. He I flew back. Yeah. He, he, he hits the ride with us in our 15 passenger van. <laughs> I used use Spirit Airlines, <laughs> and we brought the giant. <laughs> we brought the giant tongue with us. Went down to VidCon, and then we arrive, and Hank and John Green were like, because uh, it was like 600 people at VidCon, <laughs> right, right, and and they they didn't even have like all the bags filled, so we just took our team because we arrived on time, but they were all running yep. around, and so. We like went and helped build the off. bags, and and then we got to know everybody at the conference yep. that way, and we're still friends with all those guys, you know, a decade later. It, it, it's unbelievable that that VidCon, and what what I thought was but, interesting yeah, is like you you actually decided, hey, you're going all in. You went all in on YouTube ads, and you're like, yep. okay, let's go to the, the first conference that's ever held with YouTubers, yep. and you bought a booth. Like, how effective was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we bought a booth, but we bought the booth so that we could get other things like. We negotiated with the hotel, which they'll never let you do at VidCon now, to put a, an aura brush on every single pillow of every. Oh, community. there you go. Like they won't do that. You know yeah, how yeah, hotels yeah, yeah. are, and and but Hank figured that out, and then um and and Hank told me later. He said, he said, you know, this was the sponsorship that put us from the red into the black, into the black, barely. And, and did you, you pay aura brushes? Is that what you're doing? No, no. yeah, <laughs> that, two, that two grand was a great we, investment. Yeah, it was. A, it was, <laughs> it was it, well, it was. It wasn't two. No, but um, but it was cheap. Yeah, yeah. And and so we um, yeah, yeah. But in startup culture, Ricky now is you know this this huge company that he's running. That Bill Gates, he's a partner with Bill Gates in, or and 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 it's coming acquired. It, yeah, way way back in the day, Ricky. Is bumming a ride from his <laughs> from his roommate okay, who did, bought his old car for six hundred bucks. Wait, he didn't bum so he could he, he, he's, I sold my car to him for six hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you. He's like, we I think then. this car is gonna die. You have to take this car as is and promise did, me wait, it can, won't ruin our friendship. Did, wait, 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 wait. That car did lasted it, me another like ten years. Okay, I was just wondering if it came with like a thirty-two page contract. <laughs> no, no, but, but he was doing yeah, all these man. disclaimers. Ricky was just disclaimering the heck out of this car because he didn't want me to be mad at him that it was going to die I, in like a month. I bought it for $200. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you flipped it. Here we go. So, so then he upgrades to this crappy Lexus, but he wanted a Lexus brand. Hey, hey, the <laughs> it ES300 was, a, it was, was like, cool back then. No, no. This is a 99 ES300, yeah, black and gray. The car you sold me lasted oh. like 
five times as long as that car okay, did. Okay, that's a different story. Uh, is, I, was, I was conned by a mechanic, but anyway, that's a different story. This is priceless, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. <laughs> probably no interest okay, for anybody that's watching let, this. Let, let, let's go back no, to but the I'm topic. just saying, he, this is CEO of a major company, <laughs> and he's sleeping on floors, <laughs> bumming rides off. You bummed two years off of us, I think, start, at VidCon. We started from the bottom. Uh -huh, yep. I, still, I still pull that card. I'm like, remember the first VidCon? You have to get me into that party. But Ricky did get us into all the parties at the VidCon. At VidCon. Like, there were these big creator parties. Right. And we just show up. We didn't have all the... Well, the first VidCon we did. We had your, all the Your credentials stuff. was, do you know Ricky Ray? And like, yeah, yeah, I know no, Ricky no, Ray. No. <laughs> but, but Ricky would just like walk into any party and get as many people on our team as we wanted to get in. And he would just like... That was his way of paying us back, yeah. was, so was using your skills to get into any party. You know, and, and the people that I knew, like most of most of my relationships back then were digital relationships where I'd be like texting these people or emailing them, but we never met in person, me and most of the creators out there. Yeah. It was so interesting was for pennies, you guys had that tongue, you know, that co tongue costume, yeah. which was collaborating for almost free yep. with the majority of the top creators that were at that conference. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah. it, back then, it was just way different than it is today. It well, was, and they were all just friends. Yeah. And we were technically like... Integrating within the we're community. We're like advertisers that really are born from a creator world. Yep. I remember yeah. when you, YouTube flew out, whole team to meet with us at AuraBrush and said, what, what tools can we build to make you more successful? And that's where, Skip the ads. yeah, <laughs> but give me, because they were talking about 15, 30 second, maybe 60 second ads. And I was like, no, let me make a 10 minute ad if I want and just let people skip it. <laughs> like give them, give me five seconds. And if they, you, they're if, not hooked. Yeah. And if they're not hooked, I don't deserve the viewer. And Google and you, and and listen, yes, and you to, don't to their to, credit. To pay for it either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't have to pay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was their idea. Exactly. You don't have to pay for it. If, and so they built this entire model around that concept and said, we can go ahead. Yeah. As long as you want. But that came out of this conversation in Provo, Utah, where these guys came, flew in from YouTube and they were listeners. That's why YouTube succeeded yeah. the way it has 100%. is because Google was listening was um, <laughs> wow! Hey, you've said it in the past as well. <laughs> yeah, Daryl, you've said it in a lot, hey, a lot more people than I have. It. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but those guys don't. Even, none of those guys work at YouTube. That's, yeah, that's so I, I don't feel bad about saying so, that. So it's amazing that you were able to really help, like influence, you know, like, you know the ad spending and the media buying on on YouTube, but mm -hmm. also. Back then, you know, a lot of creators were benefiting via AdSense from your guys' buys because you guys were—you right. guys were one of the biggest ad buyers back then. Yeah, well, yeah, because, for the moment. Because, it was the and, beginning, and this, right? This so funny. Very beginning. So this, 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 um, you know, um, commercial or video had like a talking head, you know, from a guy that was very witty, you know, yep. talking about bad breath and how there needed to be a solution for bad breath. And it was so funny as it got like 50 million views. Yeah, I don't like remember. Uh, yeah, it's 50, well, uh, 50 ish million. Yeah, views. And, and what's interesting is everyone back then thought. This is a viral video. Well, this is viral. But the truth is, and even you guys yeah. were even called the the, the the top ten viral ads um, of that year or of, something. Of that year, yeah. Because they didn't understand how it works. Every view was paid for. No, no. About about forty percent were about paid 40, for because oh, it was okay. getting shared a lot. Well, the the bar for virality okay. goes up every year. Well, meaning, yeah, yeah. in order to get uh, the product for free, didn't they have to share it on your site? Yeah, and back then, if you advertised, they didn't like didn't push down your ad. Like yeah. you you would advertise. And as long as it got shared, they'd be like, oh, well, it deserves more stuff. Now, now, now it's, it's changed, changed, quite a bit. It's yeah, changed yeah. a lot to where if you're, buying, if you're a commercial company, they want you to be paying for the ads. Or, but, um, but the other big thing 
is we created this web series called Diary of a Dirty Tongue with we have this yep. Morgan the Aura Brush Tongue and we created like, I don't know, it's like 60 episodes or something. And we ended up with 200, 300,000 subscribers, which is a ton at the time yep. on a branded vlog of a giant tongue just doing <laughs> vlogging stuff. And, and, and I remember telling and this is something for marketers is, is the guys from Google came and said, well, who do you compare yourself to? Like they were talking about what Coke Coca-Cola is doing or what right, right. this is doing. And I remember going to the second VidCon and a guy came up from Google and gave me a hug and was like, thank you so much for what you've done to our platform. I'm the one talking directly to Coca-Cola and they're using and is, you as a case study. Yeah. And he's like, and you're breaking down the doors. Yeah. And, and, but the, the big thing was, is I said, look, we don't care what the brands are doing. We care what the creators are doing. And that's why we're building a web series. That's why we're building content right. for marketing. And if you look back, like there aren't, even today, there's a whole bunch of different brands trying to do web series around their brands. Nothing competes in viewership and engagement with the original diary of a dirty tongue. Yeah. And, and, and it, I don't even, it's so long ago, I rarely bring it up, but yeah, no, it, but it, yeah. it is fascinating. And I, I want to kind of sh shift gears because we, I, I, I think a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, watching this podcast are interested in data and, yep. and, <laughs> and I think data has always been a love of ours and this is a, a good conversation. So, um, I just want to give some context. Um, when I got to know you, uh, on, on a level of a data, data level, we were doing a campaign for Squatty Potty, and I remember we were doing split testing. Yep. We did 140 titles and about 60 thumbnails that we had this variation of it. And what, what was amazing was the process of collaboration to get that. It wasn't just you or me or anyone coming up with those ideas. We collaborated on that, and then it was like, okay. And this, this is something that he says to this day, we'll just let the data... We'll just let the data make the decision. We're not going to mm -hmm. make the decision. The data will tell us. Like, yeah. And it drives me nuts sometimes. But the the whole thing. But we, but it keeps artists in check. It, it does. It does. Yeah. And and I'm an artist as well. And you know I direct and co-direct these commercials. Right. And and the fights over stupid fights over <laughs> art, and they'll escalate and eat everybody's time up. You just say the, the easiest answer is if this is that passionate for you guys, we're just going to spend a little bit of money and, and we're going to test both Have ideas. A of yeah. Options. Yeah. 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 And then we'll look at the data and then we'll know what our trade offs are mm -hmm. instead of just sitting there saying, no, this will work better because. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing we, we, we did, we did the split test and it was really interesting to see the, uh, the amount of conversions. We, we just knew it was like the one that actually won was, it was like 90% higher than any other. It was like really yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, if you, if you run a test of like 20 different thumbnails for an ad or for a video uh, or, or five or six different intros to a video, that's exponentially more expensive when you're doing intros to a video. Exactly. Or this many different titles, usually you're going to see from the bottom one and you and when you first go in, you're given all your best ideas. Yeah, and the, from the, the bottom one is, to the top one, it's going to be a, I, it's usually 300%. Exactly. And, and, and the chances of one of those ending up, if you don't test, you, you just, you're just, a, it's just a, a guessing game until you test. Right. It. And, and the thing that I love is like, we all have our favorites and you're able to see, Hey, this one actually had a higher click through. But what was interesting is when you start marrying, so you did the split testing on the, the titles and then the thumbnails and you kind of bring it together, which one actually works together the best. 
And that's when I saw a huge increase because it was like the, the winner for Squatty Potty, it just blew everything out of the water. Nothing that's was right. even remotely close. And um, like, I just want to make it clear that was my title. That I, 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 will, I will always do it. But it was, it was the one that, but it, but it was with 140 different titles. It was just one of the ideas that we had. But it came from inspiration of a, a title that Daniel had in there. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. What if we did it this way? And, you know, yep. so it's a collaborative effort. The, the thing that I, I want to talk about, though, is the, the data on doing something disruptive. Because at that moment, every ad was in any way between 30 seconds to a minute. And we decided to hit to push that four minute mark. We were really, yeah. really close to that. And four even minutes. even before that, I had only done two two minutes. Yeah. With poopery. Yeah. We'd done poopery and that was two minutes fifteen seconds. Which is another amazing and, and which I was told that was way too long. Yeah. And at we, the time. We we basically And we doubled it. Yeah, we we doubled it. And I'm like, okay. So um, how do you feel about it? And I go, I feel good, man. I, I go, it keeps me engaged. It's like that. And he goes, Me too. But I'm getting everyone telling us it's way too long. And, and this is the thing. He goes, he goes, let's just check to, to see the audience retention on this. And we had some tools to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. We had 96.7% of the, the tests that we had, the people started the video, that actually finished it. And we're like, okay, that's we don't need amazing. to listen to anything. We, yeah, well, and that was just, that's with your very first stat. Yeah. So, and data always like, whatever your best data is when you're not scaled, it's going to get a lot worse. Right. It's As the, you go more general. Yeah. And, the yeah, rule yeah. of crappy averages is exactly. that your crappy statistics is that you're going to go down. So if you're in like a startup, this is just a little tangent. If you're in a startup and your data sucks at the beginning and you think, oh, with scale, it's going to get better. It's it not. <laughs> if your data is amazing at the beginning, maybe you can scale. Maybe. Well, you, you had several calls to actions throughout the video. Yes. Well. We did, we, that mm-hmm. was it was very disruptive. It was mm-hmm. one solid call to action in the middle, but it was like the soft call to action uh, and then one just, it was, it was very so disruptive. It was very bold on that for yeah. sure. The writer, like, like seriously. Now you see our style of ads all yeah, over yeah. the place. Well, well this makes sense. And the, and the reason why to me it makes sense, because I think usually a traditional ad, 30 seconds or a minute, it's, it's, it's to sell the audience from A to H. You know, yep. get them to, you know, change their perception, you know, try to check it out. With this ad where, where it was four minutes long, you had the time, yeah. you know, in detail, we'll first entertain people. But in detail to sell them from A to Z. Yeah, that's right. And and and, and so being that it was longer, it potentially helped the the, the amount of conversions that came as a, well, as a result it, of it. Well, I, I look at it from this way, and it was like um, he told me the idea. He goes, "I want to I want to do a unicorn pooping ad." I'm like, "I'm all in, dude. What, what do I need? Where do I sign up?" <laughs> now I know Daryl better. I realize that wasn't even like a hard sell. <laughs> that, that was it. I'm like, this is like unicorn is gold. And then we find ice cream. This is really, (laughs) no, no, this is really crazy. But so we started doing some research. Okay. We got to start coming up with the idea of what, (laughs) what we need to do. I got sucked into this subreddit of bronies. I didn't even know a brony existed. Yeah. We were out there. We were like, Hey Jeffrey, did you see this? He's like, no, No. what is that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, But what was fascinating though was, you know, the whole model. And this is what I think anyone can learn. Like if you're going to disrupt something, you know, go with your gut, but let the data decide how to do it. And we, we went with our gut. There's a lot of things that we wanted to disrupt, and we felt it was good. And we thought, hey, we can, we can keep people, as long as we have a really good hook, without sound, mind you, uh, we can do it. And we actually did uh, something um, that I don't think we've ever talked about publicly, but we actually did an animated GIF of the unicorn pooping, and I put it on Pre-released. That, yeah, pre-released, and I put it on uh, that brony 
like we, I had a little subreddit type uh, yeah. place that I you know put a, a post there, and it went viral yeah. on Reddit. We we were like on the front page of Reddit, yeah. And it was like, hey, all, you were we'll, announcing we'll, the commercial like, coming out. Yeah, it was, like, it was like all will be revealed in a week or something. Uh, yeah, it was like a few like days a day or something. Or and yeah, yeah, I remember trying to figure out how to make a gift. Exactly, when, when we were sitting there like, what should it be of? And we got this like, it, it's just the unicorns, but. And, and just fill and, the ice and cream. ice cream and it's just going up and that's it and it just goes up over and I, I I'd never made a gift before so <laughs> I was making that <laughs> but it, it was it was awesome but I think that's the whole thing that you can learn and so um, I learned a lot about the process I learned I, I think from the project working with Jeffrey and Daniel um, they, they were like Daniel um, was a creative director on it as well um, it was messaging and and you, you you can't compromise the sell first, and that that was the biggest takeaway yeah. for me is sell first, and then you can entertain a little bit later. Yeah. But and if the entertainment takes away from the sell, you well, you, well, we had losing this, ground. We had this huge influencer that came and was part of it. Like I, you know, that's part of the things that I was doing. Is okay, we got someone here. He was cranking the conveyor belt, yeah. and and where they shot the, everything, everything was ready to go. And the edit, Daniel turns to me and says, "No, that, that takes away." Jeffrey goes, "Yep, it takes it away," and I'm like. You know, yeah, he has yeah. a huge view. Yeah. yeah well, and he goes, no, you, you can't do that. But what happened was, and this is the important thing. Are you thing, talking about the, the activation that we do with them after? It, that's that's yeah. the whole thing is yeah. we actually took the, the footage and I gave it to him. I says, okay, here, here's all the footage that you have. And then we actually did an activation yeah, for well, that, that creator. And all he said is like, I was involved in this commercial or in this mm -hmm. video. And he said it was and super I, I fun think, to be on the shoot. Yeah, is what I, think, he was, I think it was like 40, the first 48 hours or like the, like the first couple of days is like a 50% click-through rate. Yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. crazy. And then it went down to like a 20%, which yeah. is still insane for the yep. time when it came out. But no, that, that that's interesting. I, I didn't realize that he didn't make it into the video. No, it did. Yeah. Like we totally, he was like the elf that was actually cranking the conveyor belt and mm -hmm. all this other stuff. But it was, yeah, it was pulled out. But what was interesting was, number one, he was super cool to say, okay, no, it's, it, it's great. And he was still willing to push um, you know, that in, in a unique way. And then he okay. definitely was pushing the video of him cranking. Oh, this is what got cut out and, you know, and mm -hmm. talked about the product itself. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it worked really well, but I think the whole essence of the reason why I bring that up is because that was the beginning of our relationship. I mean, we worked on a project before we, that we had, yeah, we had worked on some stuff, but we were over capacity. Yeah. We couldn't keep up with everything we were doing. And I was like, Daryl, I need some extra help yep. to, and, on this one. Yeah. I can't keep up with production. And on this. what was cool from it though was um, once I was able to see your process, it made me reevaluate. Okay, there's a lot of things that I'm doing that I can change. Like I, I shouldn't make a, a reactive, passionate decision when it when data will actually do it. Now, I can be honest with you. Back then, we didn't have the tools that we have now. I mean, we have some amazing tools. Well, that's a good lesson to like teach and learn. Is you know. Being able to work with other people that are creative and innovative and learn like what are strengths that they have that you don't have and what are weaknesses that they have yeah. that you don't have and, and then being able to learn from that and build from that. That's 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 powerful. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was. How many cells were generated as a result of the Squatty Potty video? They did I know in the first year it was forty five uh, million dollars. Yeah, so they went from a three million dollar if I remember the two, numbers right. Two point eight. Uh yeah, around three million to Forty-five. No, well, so we they launched it at Christmas 45. time, but it, I think the twelve month we, was forty. Yeah, something. we launched it October. Yeah, we were in Poland. In, in. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a, it was. Yeah, we launched it, and this is ridiculous. This is a bad story, but it's we, a, we it's a bad story. So, it, so we're we're with our wives wait, wait, was in it, was Poland. It when I was in Poland with you. 
No, uh, no, we, we, we were, we were in Auschwitz. That. Yeah, oh, we were. Right. So, so, oh, so that's when I the left. The day already. came, and yeah. it just it, Ricky had just left Poland, so we're friends. Well, yeah, okay, okay. Well, no, so we should <laughs> probably give context. Poland. Once a year or a every conference. other, we usually go to Poland and because we have some really time. close friends really there. Friends. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's basically donating our time for the creative creator community there to just learn what we've learned in the West and like how to better monetize and how to better, you know, grow their audience. Yeah. And so we have deep relationships there and we wanted to go see some things in Poland and our schedule got moved. (laughs) And so we're end up launching while Daryl and I are sitting on the train tracks at Auschwitz with our phone. It was really bad. Like publish. (laughs) And then we like, we're in and out of, (laughs) Wow. Wi-Fi coverage, and I was really actually we were like kind of embarrassed. We're I, like, I was so embarrassed because we we're talking uh, like, okay, guys, launch this because we're here's the two guys that's in charge of the launch strategy. Yeah, but we're we're just stuck. <laughs> we're just where we are, and we're like, this is so irreverent. To so it's it's very yeah, we, we like we cut that one out. Daryl's no, no, face is red, but this is just this is uh, this is just life. Like this is how it works, and there's super ironies like this. So we're yeah. driving back though. Well, in Poland, in a lot of those areas, it's hard to get any bandwidth. No, it, oh, it, yeah, it was, it it was horrible. So we're yeah. sitting there stopping off, buying new cards to try to get more data, data. top up. Yep. And then oh, we're gosh. like driving <laughs> on these country roads and there's no data. And we come back to data and we're like, whoa, it just hit a million views. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa, it just it, hit 20. And it was, like, it was like 25 million views in 24 hours. Yeah, time, it, right? was, it, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was almost 30 because he comes up. He goes, Daryl, you'll never believe where I, I go. We're at 18. He goes, no, we're at 22 million views. I'm like, <laughs> we're just driving back. Yeah, we were just driving back on an overnight <laughs> drive. But we just like hit data spots and be like, bloop, whoa, <laughs> this thing's going crazy. And yeah. anyway, it was but, but good Just experience. needless to say, we stayed up all night and we were working with the teams here in the U.S. And 45 and, million views, I mean, $45 million in sales within a year. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, I, the, I don't the, have the exact numbers off. The, the thing about head. it, though, is that's that's the whole thing. And this is but what I love. It was a startup, so that was a significant growth for that company. Well, yeah. And, and it was way more, bit, So they had been in Shark Tank. Yeah, and they made and this absolutely this, right? blew Shark Tank away. Yeah, we won't yeah. we won't go into details on that. But I think that the big thing, uh, more than anything else, is like the, the thing that I learned, and this is what I love, is the the power of making good decisions on where the ad goes out, well, and then and then also scaling because this ad was done four years ago and it's still being played today and it still converts, yeah, and, and it's still selling. That's amazing. And the you know, brand Squatty Potty is now like it's been in, I I, I can't count how many TV shows where an episode mentions Squatty Potty or the yep. unicorn on its own earned media. Because it's now a part, part of, of culture. Cu- it's culture. a part of pop culture. Right. Yeah. And and but the important thing here is is people look at this and say, this is an incredible like Boing Boing did a thing yep. on it. They're the number one. It, they said best best ad of all time. Like yep. the number one viral ad of all time. And and we're we're looking at that and people say, wow, the creativity is just so good. But what they don't realize is behind the scenes, we're diffusing conflict between creators so we got really really good writers really good director you know yeah really good creators in the background and we're diffusing that with data so every single time we hit an impasse we say well we're going to test that yeah because the two of you can't agree mm-hmm. and we're going to test this and we're going to test this and and the same thing happens with your your clients they come and say i don't like that i don't like the idea of doing this intro I, or this text. No, this, this is even better. It's like when when they they heard the idea, like, don't you have a better idea than that? Like, I remember <laughs> that conversation. But it was like, I, I will give Bobby, like, every, like, kudos. Bobby's like, a visionary. Like, he's a visionary. He actually went to bat 
And I don't know how many CEOs out there would say, look, Bobby's the CEO of Squatty. Party, yeah. Or yeah, was he, at the time. he was, he, yep. he, he now sold, but, um, but the, the whole thing about it says, look, I'm going to take a risk. And it wasn't a, sm a small risk. This was like a lot of money. You know, we're talking, mm -hmm. you know, half a million dollars and you know, he's, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I trust you guys that you're going to do it the right way. And I remember turning to Jeff, I go, this guy's nuts. Cause like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like most, most people wouldn't ever, ever, you know, even consider that, you yep. know, but he was a visionary and like all props to him for taking that risk. And also I think, uh, props to the, the team, you know, at Harmon brothers of really understanding the data. Um, but I, I can tell you this though, um, there's data and then there's Jeffrey's data and, yeah. and, and I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit because that's, that, that was the first project I was able to see it where you're pulling in data of, you know, the, the landing page. So yeah, we had a great conversion, um, you know, video, but then it was going to a landing page that wasn't converting. And this is, this is what was interesting. And this is probably the biggest takeaway that I've ever learned from you. And I, I don't think I've ever told you this, mm -hmm. but it was, um, the, the squatty potty was priced at 2495 and Jeffrey goes, the split test that I'm like, so what? We're, yeah, we're going to test all the prices, <laughs> all the prices. And the guys are going, why would you do that? Why would you test all the prices? And do you know what the winner was? 2995 was converting better than 2495. Plus, you're wow. getting that much, you're getting an extra five bucks per sale, but it converted <laughs> at a higher rate. It converted at a higher well, rate. Well, at a higher that's rate. amazing. And that's a significant. Like, I had no idea. But that's you don't know when that's going to happen. Like, is, it, is it the shipping? Is it whatever? You know, well, that it, made it so you could afford more ads. Yeah. As a result mm -hmm. of it, it, wow. was, it was unbelievable. And when I saw that, I was like, Okay, I thought about split testing everything else, but I never thought about split testing the price like that. And so for mm -hmm. me, like you, like that's why I said, wow. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they, they still put split test to see where everything goes. I mean, you just go mm -hmm. for the winner, but technically it's hard to test. Yeah. Right. We had to build it out, but it was, it, it took it so long, off. but the, the thing about it, I know we had a lot of pushback because when you have a s established brand, you're like, Oh, we can't make the, the landing page convert. Cause we have to stay within our brand standards. But once, once Bobby says, you know what, let's just let them do what they do. And we'll just try to make it the best that we can. Well, that's what that's we do that's almost just, universally. I yeah. mean, like we go, well, let's let's focus on data because there's so many things we can do on a creative level, right. which mm -hmm. I think is super fun. But data is data is also like um, one thing I don't want listeners to get confused by is if you're in a startup, you, you're, there's a point and in any company where a certain amount of data is good and really helpful and super insightful and completely changes your company. And if you don't have that data, your your chances of survival are next to zero. And then there's a point where you go way beyond and you get too much data and then it becomes a mess. And I always think Google Analytics, I consider too much data. Yep. It's just too much. People get into Google Analytics and they'll like focus on one or two things like their bounce rate or whatever, but they're not focusing on anything important because they're looking at too much data. And, and so I think, I think for startups, the bigger you get, the more AGI data you can yeah. take over yeah. because it's going to need to be the robots and the AI. And, that's gonna but, but even, even but, in that case, still, you can, you can do the same thing, but, but still you so, got to look at what the most important thing. So that's the same thing I do with YouTube. It's like, okay, what's the most important thing? Well, it's the click through. You got to get the click through rate. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then it's the audience retention. So that's the average reader. First five seconds matters. Exactly. Yep. Average Call to action. And then, and at the end is the conversion. Like, is yep. that converting? And so th those are the datas that, that we would look at, but you do the same thing on the same page. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. people are coming on, if they're bouncing off something, is, is the advertising wrong that's going there? There's something mm -hmm. that's disconnected from yeah. it. Yeah. But then, but, but then if you go to an, a few, a few, like fast forward a few years and we're working on dry bar comedy, which 
anybody. Yeah. You know, that we do dry bar comedy too. Um, dry bar comedy. We look at the data and say, we have enormous amounts of users, right? Yep. That's got 2 billion views. We've just, we can bring in answers to any question we want. And which is different than poopery or squatty potty right. where you're, you're kind of limited. You have so much, you have the small budget and you got to go in and figure out your click through rates and you, you, you focus at the top of the funnel and then you make sure the data is not directionally wrong and make gut decisions and you're trying to get there faster. Then once you get a lot of data with something like Drybar, then you can say, okay, instead we're going to look at how this change affects total minutes watched by all the users under this change. Yeah. And, and you get a lot deeper into the funnel. Well, with but, Drybar but, but, but it's something you can only do with a lot of yeah, traffic. With Drybar specifically, you changed, like I know because we've been, you know, we've seen it since the beginning. It was, you changed the formula of the video content and the length of the mm -hmm. video content off of data. Like I've seen it, like if you go back to earlier videos. Yeah, we were they, really short. They were really, YouTube. really short. Like, yes, and I actually think you were the one who yeah. suggested making them longer on YouTube. And, and Facebook, of, yeah. Yeah. And so, but I mean, we test everything, even on content that's more viral. Like we don't buy ads for Drybar. It gets its own right. reach because we've got millions of fans and subscribers and, and. But you got the data points. Yeah, so. tons and tons of hundreds of millions of people watching. But what we do test is, and this is the difference, like Squatty Potty, if we hadn't tested our opening five seconds, yep. our title, yep. our thumbnail, the exact language that was going to be in there and we tested it and we went up over 300% below our, our bottom one, then our chances, it's the difference between those tests on a good video. Now you can't make, you can't make a you can't polish a bad. Chair. Yeah. You can't polish. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, there good we go. that's, that's appropriate I, I for this setting. Idaho too for so, a I, that's what I was going to say first, but I was like, that's way too close to squatty potty. Uh, um, but you can't polish a turd. Like it doesn't matter how much you improve your, your click through rate. If it's no good on the other side, right, then it doesn't right. matter. But when you have good content, when you have really, really good content, it is the difference between tens of millions of views at the end. Yep. Like just this taking the time up front to go and say, do we, did we get the right thumbnail? Do, or do we not have a sucky thumbnail? Yep. Do we not have a, it, it? Sometimes it's better to think in the terms of, I'm not getting it wrong in terms I've got it right. Right. A lot of times that's because, because it's almost like looking for red flags. So, so, um, I, I guess the true question is, is do you ever stop split testing? Cause like ultimately, I mean, oh, you shouldn't, I mean, <laughs> my, so one of my mentors, Steve Oskui, who, who's a partner at Gigafund, and he, um, he, he makes, so you say I test a lot Yeah, yeah. compared to me, like, <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> I mean, he, he, no, no, he, I'm nothing compared to him right, right. for, for split testing. And, um, he's a genius. And so he's my mentor who kind of, I was going to get right. to where, where I got into AB testing. That is the guy. And, um, I would say out of a few people in the world that some that are believed to have created, coined the term virality, he's in, he he's yeah, in 100%. the, he's in the three or something people yeah, that they is. think may have been the first to coin that term virality. So, but the point here is, is we do like, if you're in startup mode, it's a different kind of testing. It's right. a mix between can I find red flags with what my best impressions are quickly and kill off the red flags versus when you're kind of scaled. Right. Then you can start to really like have rigorous saying, we're going to go for a week. I set a time limit. We're going to have above this confidence level. We're going to make sure that it hasn't, doesn't have any volatility in the right. graph. You know, like there's several different, there, there's like three different things you can do. You set a time limit and you don't turn off the test till the time limit's over. 
you make sure there's no, you check your volatility to see if they're switching spots recently before you make the decision. Mm-hmm. And then you make sure you're like a 95 or 90%, 99% confidence that, that you're statistically significant. And if you do those things, one thing you, most people who say, oh, I had this test and I got a 30, 40% lift. Usually that's a small sample size. And if you did a big sample size, you're going to decrease, you still have to lift, but it's less of a lift than you think. And so when you're small, you go gut decisions, make sure that you're, you're, um, testing for red flags when you're bigger then then what happens is you say, not, you'll realize this as you test nine out of 10 tests do nothing. They're just statistically the same. Yep. Anytime that happens, that's a wonderful feeling because then you can make a creative decision. You make the creative decision. And if you're losing, then you have to look at, you need the data to have the trade-offs and almost all the time. It's very rare that creatives will look at the data and say, I'm still right. And we should do it this way. And we're going to make the hard decision and go against that data for mm-hmm. branding reasons or whatever. I, yeah. But it's very rare if you put the data in front of them. Yeah. yeah. That's, so it's very interesting. You guys are doing what we used to do back in the day in web 2.0 days when we do display ads. Yeah. Yeah. Display ads, ads like, are like the, you start with like a hundred you narrow it down to the best five, and then you make another 30. Yep. You just keep narrowing it down. We do that with video. Down. You do that same thing with video. Yep. And we also do that with influencer. You know, we yep. work with you know thousands of different influencers. You figure out, okay, what needs to change with the content? What needs to change with you know, yep. you know the offering, et cetera? And, and it ends up being very successful. Um, out of all the projects that you've worked on, which video do you think has been the most successful? Um, it's purple is purple. The, f- the most. The purple want, campaign, like, which like is interesting because less people know about purple. Well, but right. but the cost was the like the transaction. Well, purple's I mean, everywhere. You had, what is it? 1800 bucks. Well, it, I mean, but, it, but it, it was. they went from zero to a billion dollar company in 18 months. Yeah. And, and so, yes, it's a good mix of a product and everything. You know, How many sales were driven through the video you guys created for them? Um, I probably can't say, you but it's, most of that growth in the first 18 months was driven by our campaign. That's amazing. And, and so literally it turned, you know, the, a company yeah. that didn't exist into a very strong, to a, a billion well, dollar well, brand. I mean, you look at that video and if you haven't seen the video, it's that whole egg test thing. The egg it, test. It just, yeah. it just knocked it, it completely Which, which our team, we came up with that together. Like how do we, cause well, we're not into creative stuff, but, yeah, yeah. but purple, purple is definitely the most successful. Um, I would say up there up high and it, it may end up being more successful at some point would be the Lumi ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which are just this 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 year, yep. and um, they have they have gone from a from a one point five million dollar company to like I think if I if I remember the data right, it's like a forty million dollar run rate right now. It's crazy! Wow, that's amazing. And and or no, some don't don't take my data off the top of my head as as uh, a mistake. A lot of people do is they watch a podcast, they hear a data point. They're like, oh, and they build the, models off of it. Yeah. Like they build their entire like business pitches, like <laughs> split test no, this, boys. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this happened with this company and once. It's like, like so if it's just coming out in a podcast <laughs> off the top of someone's head, verify your verify your source. Yeah, because yeah, especially if, you, if it comes from Ricky, you put <laughs> you put that, you put that in a business plan. You put that in a business plan, and you could end up with a lot of pain yeah. down the road. Yeah. So, but um, because we're doing our best. But we don't have the data in front of us, and there's a lot of numbers, and right. it's easy. But yeah, there are, it. Lumi is massive, mm-hmm. like it is. And but the, the the thing is that that makes it so beautiful is the product is like crack cocaine for yeah. people's armpits. Meaning it works so good 
and this is, they didn't they weren't on Amazon they weren't in mm-hmm. retail there it's not like Squatty Potty that's in Bed Bath and Beyond and selling out of retail stores these guys are just going all off their website this last year that's amazing it's, and and the the product is so effective like my wife I gave her one last Christmas just because they're a client and I was like yeah it looks good that. yeah try it out and she'll never she'll never switch like it, it is the single best deodorant on the market how have you evolved with the change of algorithms because Obviously, every platform is going to do something different, so oh, yeah. brands have to spend more money. Yeah, and you guys have been—you know—you've had that unique, you know, corner of the market where yep. you know you figure out how to do it more efficiently, and you're able to, you know, blow it out of the water. How have you been able to evolve when the algorithms, like on Facebook or YouTube, change? So we switched. Uh, there was a point; it was around Squatty Potty's time where the budget shifted from ninety percent YouTube, ten percent Facebook to. 90% Facebook, 10% yeah, we, YouTube. Uh, we, there was we, a big shift. We did. We like That was the first project that we went Launched Facebook first. Launched first on Facebook. That yep. was the very first one that Facebook went first. Yep. And and then we've switched from 16 by 9s to squares. And consistently, if you go square. Now, Burned in if you're going viral, it's square. If you're going commercial, it can be square or 4 by 3 are the winners. But it is a 300% better engagement rate to switch to a square. So any artist that sits there and says, Hey, I need 16 by nine. I just have to have it. Disney's doing 16 by nine, which they do. They, they do. Uh, yeah. But, but they would get further reach if they didn't do 16 by nine, but they are Disney. So they can just, they can just bulldoze their way through it. So, but not most, most people cannot make that decision. And and I think Disney's probably aware of their trade-off. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm sure that they have decided we're going to do it this way. Um, in our case, we're never working with a company that can make that trade-off. They just, sure. it, you know, they don't have that choice. And so square four by three aspect ratio, a little more vertical. The, do you do your subtitles on one line or two lines? We've tested that one line's better. Yep. Um, it, you, certain sizes of fonts we test, we test the background color to the subtitles. So, so what you're saying is all the people that are copycatting your ads, they're, they're just, they're working because you already did the legwork. You already did yes. the data points. Yeah, it's yeah, like, hey, and that's fine. This is the way they do it. But the thing is, is sometimes they copycat our tests that aren't working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or old stuff that they don't know has switched over now. Like, exactly. Because if, well, you're, not, if you're not figuring out how to learn for yourself, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. copying the process always leaves you a step behind. Because and, and I do get this. Like, we want a Harmon Brother-esque type video. I'm like, yeah, it's constant, wow, right? it's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's endless. Okay, so uh, we talked about algorithm, the shifts, just like that. Um Ultimately, we want to know, you know, where you think the, the industry is going. What's going to disrupt the industry in the future? Is there anything that you're excited about that uh, we want to talk about? Well, all my world right now is in the original content world. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, Drybar and other projects that are, are pretty exciting. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts there, but I don't have formulated enough to, like, well, discuss in the ad one world. Thing, one thing with Drybar, just to, just to point out, we've talked about probably in Four different podcasts, niche or like micro S FODs. Yeah. I think Drybar is, you know, one of the you know first companies. To, I mean, or you know, content um, um, groups. I mean, I mean, um, one of the first production companies or platforms to show that that is on the rise. Yeah, you know, they have mm-hmm. their own app that's killing it. Yep, we got and, our own and app it's where for people Drybar. can go watch family friendly comedy. Yeah, comedy. well, it's it's brand safe comedy is what mm-hmm. it is. I don't, I don't even know. I'd be careful about it's family probably, friendly because family friendly, right? there are some, some stuff in there that, that is for, but it's safe. It's brand yeah. safe. It's it's um. It's not crazy. Vulgar. It's clean, mm-hmm. but there there are still like adult level I, jokes that like a seven year old wouldn't get or something. Mm-hmm. But but you're not going to be embarrassed to have your kid in the room while it's on, 
And, and, but that kind of was born out of the idea that one, we're family people and we realized Netflix has got this massive amount of stand-up content, but almost none of it is consumable for, for me or for my family. And number two, you want to laugh. I mean, yeah, we want to laugh. <laughs> and so the, the theory was with dry bar is just say, well, Brian Regan, Jim Gaffigan, Jerry yep. Seinfeld, Cosby with a gigantic asterisk, <laughs> um, but but you've got you've got these guys the asterisks with the, with a the sweater too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you've got these guys who have who have built these empires off of clean comedy, and it was like, well, what if there's just a brand that any comedian who's clean or not can come on that brand and be clean? Yep. And then everybody knows if I'm inside of dry bar comedy, it's safe, and so that's what we built. And it's got, you know, now it's got 2 billion views. Um, we've got two over 200 specials filmed. And, and, um, and it's, it's been and a, you're a bigger huge than any success. Other comedy company. Yeah. Like they, they digital, like, digi right? digital they, footprint where the, now, now the comedians largest. are contacting him, say, hey, we want to be a part of this. How do we do it? Yeah. The, Although the, the world model. between digital and real, like non digital is melding together because Netflix is technically like almost all digital. Right. Yeah. So, but, if you don't That's classify them as digital Netflix, and say they're they, TV or cable, if you look at this, like this they're still definitely bigger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but the um, but the idea was to build this, and then we said, okay, well, let's build an ecosystem for these people, and that's why we have an app, just Drybar app, and um, it's it's, getting, it's an exciting. You're getting thing. a little disruptive in the app. So I mean, you can go to the app store, just download Drybar Comedy. Um, what I notice is, and this is just me as, uh, you know, working with a lot of creators that you can actually tip yeah. a comedian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, yeah. You we put tipping in. So in. It's like, yeah. Hey, well, we want to tip this comedian cause he made me you laugh. You get to the end of a special and you can tip the comedian. It's free to watch and you tip. And we're finding that tips bring in a similar, um, a com comparable revenue to add. So I don't know about you, but, but that's, we're that's pretty testing. disruptive. I mean, yeah. in the sense of, you know, the, the, the model itself, you have your own app. People can go there. It has a community driven. I love how you're able to engage where they can, uh, instead of a thumbs up, thumbs down, you have it's a laugh a, button. It's a laugh button. Yep. And you can see how big the laugh button is based off of that. And then that's data triggers that you guys are creating. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that tip uh, portion of it is pretty, pretty genius too. It's just like, yeah. oh, if you want to do it. And and people are actually giving money to these these creators because they find enough value yes. in yep. that. They're like, hey, mm -hmm. we want to see this keep on going. And so that's making you money and it's also making the comedian money. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, and Drybar is a huge investment, meaning... So he's like, I don't want to talk about anything. I'm not. I'm just like in content creation. And here he is doing something <laughs> oh. that's actually disrupting well, the, uh, the industry. Well, but Drybar, I actually like, I guess... <laughs> you're, well, you're just too into it to see how no, brilliant no, this but is. What, well, I, I think... The way I was thinking about it is I was like, oh, we started Dry Bar three years ago. That's not... That's not... That, I'm thinking about other stuff right oh, now. Oh, okay. All right. All That's right. all. So the question you asked me is, what are you thinking about for it was the future? A bad, Ricky, it was a bad question. I don't, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, we have a little joke. There are, no, there, there are bad questions, <laughs> yeah. but you can ask them. No, I always ask the bad questions, Ricky. I, I, I'm always the one that he's always the right like, questions. He's always uh, like, I always ask the right questions. You always ask the... <laughs> Bad it wasn't a bad. It wasn't a bad question. I just no. Get, I'm just joking. I just get really tunnel visioned, yeah. and you know, like I, um, I always thought of you know, I've always thought I was kind of different than other people sometimes. Yep. And it was just like last year, somebody told me, "You're on the spectrum, aren't you?" 
I was all, like, all, all I'm, 30, are. I'm, I'm 36 <laughs> years old, and it's the first time I've ever heard that. And I was like, well, we've talked about it for a while. We, 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 we definitely. <laughs> but you haven't we, said wait, it wait, to no, no, me. No, no, no. We said it to your face, but it just never registered. <laughs> okay. 30, I was like, 36 years old, and somebody's telling me I'm on the spectrum. And I was like, I can't refute it. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, I love it. Uh, yeah, okay. I love it. All right. Well, so, but that's probably why I didn't get your thing. If there, if that's true, no, I'm it, on the. No, it's it's, it's all so good. One thing that. I want to bring up is you know, a comment you made earlier, and, and maybe we have time for just a, like a five minute debate. Okay, if debate. We, as, as, as I, we wrap up, we love these. We do because <laughs> we debate all the time, even when the yeah. camera's not there, and we debate all the time. So this would be very interesting. Yeah. So you know, you said earlier that you know sometimes there's just too much data, yeah. and it's possible to have too much data, mm -hmm. and from my perspective. Like working with thousands and thousands of creators, and you know, there's millions of I mean, um, um, there's millions of content out there. We're realizing the more data that we have, the more breakthroughs. As that long we as get. you focus that data down onto one thing. Sure, but 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 you need a lot more. If you're more trying data. to look at everything in the data, as humans, it's and it's a mess. But even if you send the algorithm, well, the AI, into all the data and say, "Tell me everything I can learn from this," it's it's like it's like. Yeah, but but if it can if it can drive up you know click through rates by twenty percent. Yeah, if you're focused on click through. Rates. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and so you're, but that's you're not right. too much data. <laughs> but, but no, no. But this is the that's thing. not too much data. Yeah, you're so, focused so you're on saying, the right thing. So okay, so okay, then then I think we can agree <laughs> that if you're focused on conversions, if you're focused on clicks, if you're focused, if you have a narrow if you have narrow goal, yeah. you can have as much data as you want yeah. to get that goal. Okay, yes. good. So they, 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 I thought no, you were saying, hey, there's too much data. We no, only want no, no, limited no, data. No. He, they, he, he, he was basically say, stating that people take in too much data and are processing the wrong type of data. Sure. Like that they're on data overload yeah. and they have analysis paralysis or they just focus yeah. in on something mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily deal with what the current issue really is. Yeah. And so what, 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 what you're saying too is Carol there's all the time. I'm sure YouTubers no, look at the wrong stuff when you're consulting. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it's well, taking sure. an unstructured data and you're actually creating structure to it yeah. and a pattern that is recognized not by you, but by no. an AI. But you're yes. actually getting saying, super focused. As a human, it's impossible but, to, but, to take but, all that data and process. But it. you have rules put in place yes. to, to be able to see the you're patterns. You're hyper-focused on a lot of data. Yes. But you're not looking at everything else in that data and getting confused by it. And, oh, sure. And yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, we're, off we're, on this, off on that. We're aligned there. Okay, so, so I'm glad we were able to clarify that. because here? Because well, like, well, it's more about was, perception. You're perceiving that he was saying yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought, I thought yeah. there's only a couple of data I probably that you said exactly what to. you think I said. <laughs> <laughs> but up here it wasn't. Yeah, because I was like, wait. Because what we've learned is most marketers are only using 10% of the data out there. They're using the metadata or the structured data and when it comes to predicting conversions and sales or like clicks, mm -hmm. stuff that is almost impossible to predict when creating content, mm -hmm. you have to have you know tens of thousands uh, of oh, different sure. you know yeah. um, data points out there, or, or you know of of content that's out there, or videos that are out there to really look at it you know ten million different ways and figure out okay what are the patterns, what are the nuances sure. in yep. order to predict success. And so that's where I was like, wait, we did talk about this again because, it w I mean, I thought it was going to be a fun debate, but I guess we're all aligned, which is fine. That's usually the case <laughs> because what we well, perceive... No, you're you're no, wrong a lot. Hey, no, wait, listen. <laughs> all I know is I'm right more than you. <laughs> Okay, uh, um, I can, I let's can, end this. No, no, no. And Jeffrey, thank you so can, much for your time. I can definitely <laughs> prove it, too. Okay, can we have one story from Jeff? So I've so this is the thing. Jeff is a hustler and he's a serial entrepreneur. And what's funny is I think he would. Uh, I mean, he's made. I mean, he's been very successful. But I yeah. think 
um, from a financial standpoint, he'd be even much more successful if he was driven by you know Money? growing <laughs> revenue. But it's, but he's much more driven by purpose. But 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 That's he's also scrappy and he's always on top. He's always Darryl's getting ROI. The exact same. Now 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 with that said, um, your background and your story, I think, is powerful and moving. Um, mm-hmm. How you came from you know a, a very you know um, how do you say it humble you know, humble background yeah. Yeah. with a really big family. Mm-hmm. And you supported most of your life selling potatoes, and 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 and, and figuring yeah. out how to make money. Like, who when there were you sixteen or seventeen when you paid for your own private school? Eleven. You were eleven. Mm-hmm. So when he was eleven yeah, years old, but I had a scholarship too. On he, he went out and yeah. sold Idaho potatoes and door to door. To be able to make money to pay for like, his like own. This is how know, smart schooling. he was. He knew where the suckers were at. It was like, you don't do it in Idaho. They already have potatoes there. Where <laughs> yeah. do you go? Let's go to Arizona U- or Utah. Utah. <laughs> I just went to the only place that I had to go, which was outside of Idaho, was Provo, Utah, where my grandpa lived. <laughs> yeah. So I just, um, I, I, I had gone to public school. I'd done some homeschool. Um, I didn't like public school. I, I, uh, it wasn't great. For me, and no, they didn't have a spectrum class. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. And then there was a girl that went to this private school I liked, and so I was like, I'm gonna figure out how to go there. You like the girl? I like the the girl. Okay. I didn't know that much about it. My mom liked the private school, and but I didn't have a way to pay for it because my parents kind of like failed farmers at the time, and so I was like, I got to figure out a way to pay for school, and so I went to my it may have been my mom's idea 11 years old i went over to my grandpa's potato seller asked him if i could ask actually i call it my grandpa's but i think by that time it was my uncle's and asked him if i could buy potatoes and i sacked up 600 pounds of potatoes threw it in the back of my dad's ford tourist station wagon and he would drive down to utah okay i was like i thought you were gonna drive down no no that's what you're 14 no no (laughs) my parents were super just understanding and like yeah sure if you want to try this you can so we throw 600 pounds of potatoes in the back of his Taurus, and then we drive down to Utah, and I get out and I borrow my grandpa's bike, which is, he's a six foot five guy, mm-hmm. okay? And then I go ride around the neighborhood, knock on doors, and I had a, like a, a pitch I'd written out that was, hi, I'm from Idaho, I'm uh, Frank Harmon's grandson, and I am selling fresh Idaho potatoes from my other grandpa's, fa- uh, my other grandpa's farm in Idaho to pay for school. Would you like some? And I made like $120 in an hour. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is good. That's great. And so I. Now, was that profit or was that. Oh, uh, uh, no, because I didn't take into account like gas prices that my dad right, paid. Right. I figured all that out later. Um, didn't pay any taxes on. You know, I didn't know about whoa. businesses. <laughs> I didn't know. Virus is coming for you. Well, boy. now Utah actually, Libertas Institute got that law passed yeah. where kids can make businesses without taxes and which all that, great. which is great. But at the time, it was probably illegal. And, and I. Um, and then I went and just did that over and over again. Then I started borrowing my uncle's truck from hit the farm and drove down a whole truckload of potatoes. And then I would sell them door to door and on the streets. And I, I think in the end, after all the costs and stuff, it was like 30 bucks an hour mm-hmm. doing pretty good for a yeah, yeah. teenager. When, Cause I They'll 14 in school. Idaho, you can start driving at 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 14 years old, I was driving down to Utah alone selling potatoes. And then I get my older brother. I recruited my older brother. Utah. Yeah, you yeah, have a driver's as license. long as you have a driver's oh, license. Right. Yeah, oh, and so and so I'm driving down to Utah constantly selling these potatoes, and then I recruited Daniel, who's partner with me at Harmon Brothers and creative director, and he we sold together, 
And then I recruited actually who is now the CEO of Harmon Brothers, Benton Crane. <laughs> and and we sold potatoes and we and I I paid my way through school and a Latter-day Saint mission mm-hmm. for my church, which is not cheap, and went to Ireland through that process. And I, obviously I had help from my uncle, our first car that Daniel and I bought together, our uncle comes back from Kennecott Copper Mine. He said, I bought this van for $900 on auction. It's now yours and you're paying me $900. And we had a 15 wow. passenger van, white, big, huge white van at 15 years old and 17 years old. And that's our first car. And we drove, we called it the big white Twinkie. And we would drive that <laughs> down to Utah and sell potatoes and, and, and overload it. Like so many potatoes, way more than its white, white capabilities. But, um, but yeah, that, that was, I mean, to me, it was just fun to like be able to make some money and figure out things like that. And, and I think that that's where we learned knocking on all those doors and accosting people and selling stuff. Like we learned that we could sell more by parking on the side of the street with a sign, holding up a sign and wiggling it like a, like a little Caesars person yeah. <laughs> um, before little Caesars did it. Yep. But we would do that, and that's the way we sold the most. And and that wow. and that turned out to be way easier than walking door and to door. And you all ended up being business partners from your childhood. We are the same people who did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, although my my other bu- friend uh, Derek, he also rode around on the bicycles, and those bikes were so big, like we could barely like we'd have to get up on the side of a curb and then jump on the bike because it was my grandpa's bike and it was too yeah. big. And then I would carry a paper bag of potatoes down to the house. But that I, we just did whatever it took to figure out how to make some money. And uh, it, it, it's a, I have fond memories of that time. It was really fun. So uh, my, my only question on this is how did you know how to price the potatoes? I just went to the store and looked up that they were 40 cents a pound for the similar size of potato that yep. I was selling, which is a really good russet potato flaky, you know, the good you, stuff. You know those things when you're in Idaho, just let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is McDonald's makes most of their French fries out of these potatoes. Oh, okay. wow. And which doesn't say much because they're not that great. But, <laughs> the potato, but these potatoes are good. And, 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 uh, I just chopped it in half and sold it at half the price. I was like, I can sell it half the price and make tons of money, but I didn't understand that they were, they were paying taxes and corporate expenses yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and healthcare and <laughs> wow. I didn't understand all that. But it's good. I mean, at 11 years old and you're able to create a business out of it, bring new people into it, you know, this opportunity and scale it. And then you were able to find, oh, it's about messaging and how you message and why like going to door to door wasn't effective. But you're like, no, the best way. It was effective, but it was more effective. Exactly. To just park on the side of the road. And have people come to you. Yeah. 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 So you don't have to, you know, exert like that. That's an awesome story. So thank you for having him bring that up. It's been a while since I've (laughs) heard that Well, the debate didn't work, but the story did. There we go. (laughs) Well, Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And Ricky, thank you for keeping your tongue in check. <laughs> I just have to do it to this guy. You guys, thank you so much for watching this podcast or listening. Make sure you do what you know you need to do. Hit that subscribe button and don't miss out.